Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. And uh, wow, these last two Penguins games, uh, they have played so, so well, but did not get two wins there. Uh, Just so frustrating. One point out of four games, despite completely dominating the Bruins and the Oilers. But before we get into that, um, follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, just wanted to um, update you guys uh, a little bit. Um, I think next week the Penguins will play the New York Rangers right before my 22nd birthday, actually. And I'm going to be doing a crossover episode with the host of the Rangers, um, uh, Locked on Rangers podcast. Uh, we're in contact, and I think that's going to happen either before the game or after the game. So check out for that next week. Keep the reviews coming in for the podcast. Uh, keep subscribing on Apple, Spotify, whatever. But yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, you, these last two Penguins games have been so fun to watch. I know they have not gotten the results that they should have gotten. I think they definitely deserve to win both of these games. But there, this is a gear that, from the Penguins I have not seen in a couple seasons since they won back-to-back Stanley Cups. Um, especially, you know, now they're fully healthy. Close enough. Um, they were on Saturday against the Edmonton Oilers. They absolutely dominated the Oilers from start to finish. Um uh, the fact that you had Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl below a 20% Corsi Fenwick percentage or 20% possession-wise, you should win that game. But and the only reason why they lost it, goaltending, and not the Penguins' goaltending. That that was because of the Bruins' game, and we'll get to that. But Mike Smith, uh, he was rock solid from start to finish. Uh, had I think the Penguins outshot the Oilers 55 to 28, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he had over 50 saves. Uh, he was just stopping everything that came his way. The only goal he gave up, <clears throat> excuse me, was the Brian Dumoulin shorthanded goal. That was Dumoulin's first goal of the season. It's always a big, you, a big deal when Dumoulin scores because he never scores that often. I'd like to see him score more. But um, yeah, that was that. You know, what are you gonna do with that? You know, they took him into overtime, and that three on three overtime that was so much fun. The two on ones up and down the ice. Latang had a chance that he could have he could have missed, but it went. Just wider than that, and then the Oilers come down. It was going to be a penalty, and Dreisaitl scores uh, one pass Murray. Um, the first goal Murray gave up, that was just a hell of a move um, by by Colby Cave. Um, that was the first time I've ever heard of them, and this was actually, I think, his first game up in the league uh, this season. He had, uh, he had the first goal for Edmonton before, of course, Dumont tied it, and then Dreisaitl um, ended the game in overtime. But So that was so fun. Uh, Sidney Crosby was outstanding that game. I thought Malkin was fine in his return. Um, He's going to take him a couple games, but um, I thought he was fine. I thought Murray was good. Um, Nine out of of ten times the Penguins win those kind of games, especially when you um, outshoot a team by over 20-25 shots. Uh, It's not not often you see a team outshoot someone that bad and outplay someone that bad. And that team loses. And but you know what, Penguins lost. But there was a lot to like out of that game. It was the first time this season they were fully healthy, and they that they looked pretty damn good. And that carried over to the game against Boston, which I guess we'll get into now. Um, that was definitely an annoying loss to take if you're a Penguins if you're a Penguins fan. Um, they go down early three uh, nothing. Matt Murray definitely I think his worst game of the season. That first goal he allowed uh, just not a good angle. By, uh, just to give up. It was by DeBrusque. Just, like I said, bad angle goal. Second goal, you really can't do anything. It was batting in the air a lot. Marshawn had a nice goal. The Pashtunak goal, I've honestly kind of gone back and forth on. It looked like a nice shot a little bit, but I think it was kind of weak to the blocker side. I think Murray could have had that. 
But, I mean, Murray also coming in uh, to this game had been one of the best goaltenders in the league this season. Um, over his last uh, 84 shots that he's faced, 81 saves for a 964 save percentage. And this is all according to actually to Bob Grove. Shout out to um, Bob Grove for this uh, stat because he's like a Penguins encyclopedia on uh, on Twitter. And apparently according to Bob Grove, he's only allowed 10 goals over his last six starts, which is, of course, I don't know why people keep texting me while I try to do this. Um, 10 goals allowed over his last six starts, which equals a 1.64 goals against average. Again, he's going to have bad games, like like a stinker that he had last night, but they were playing well despite him giving up three goals. Uh, but but they started playing a lot better when he came out, because when Jari came in. and That second period was the best period of Penguins hockey that I've seen probably in two years. Uh, I don't think I saw them dominate a team like they did in that period, especially a Bruins team that is now 11 and 1 and 2. Like, I mean, you're, they're uh, 14 games in and they've dropped one regulation loss. And the fact that the Penguins dominated them like that, just out shooting them uh, constantly, pressuring them in their own, they were hemming the Bruins in their own zone the whole period. And, and boy, did they make them pay a four goal period off of Yaroslav Laku. Trailed his nice inner Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, he got very mad when the Penguins took a 4-3 lead in the second intermission. Um, J- um, Dominic Cahoon got inserted back in the lineup after he was a healthy scratch against the Oilers. I still disagree that he was a healthy scratch against the Oilers, but he came in and got a goal. This is a player that you need to keep in the lineup no matter what. Um, he's playing his best hockey of the season now. He's starting to contribute goal-wise. Starting to play like the rookie that he was in Chicago last year. You need to keep him in the bottom six. Keep getting him ice time. He's going to produce. It took him a little bit to get going, but I really think now that this is this is that you got to keep him in the lineup because he's playing very well. Um, Nick Bukestad got a goal. Um, a lot of people have been on the train that you know the Penguins should trade Nick Bukestad for a big forward or another defenseman. I'm not really a part of that. I think he fits as a third-line center. He just needs to get going. I think last big, last night was a big stepping uh, direction. Uh, talk about that beautiful pass from uh, Chris Letang to uh, Spring out on a semi-breakaway because that was that was a all-worldly pass from Letang, who unfortunately left early in the third period. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, and then Brian Rust, uh, what a pass from Evgeny Malkin to uh, get it to Brian Rust to tie the game. Uh, that was just absolutely... Uh, f- filthy by uh, Russ, Russ to get that goal. Um, just, just that pass from Malkin. You know, he's, he's definitely feeling a little more. I think get towards the end of the third period, he didn't have his best end of the game, but that pass was gorgeous uh, from Malkin and Rust. You can just see how much a difference he makes in the lineup. He's so fast. He has that goal-scoring touch when he's on. I know we can get into all those kind of slums that... He always gets it. I know last year when he yeah he entered a couple really bad slumps, followed by some goal streaks. Hopefully he puts it all together this year. He's now fully healthy, coming off that um, look like a hand or wrist injury. Good stuff by Russ tie the game, and then of course stick tap to John Marino, folks. Right out of the penalty box, his first game up in Boston, where it was his hometown. All of his family and friends are there, and what a what is what a first goal for his uh, for season, and he just. Deep to lock badly, put the puck five hole, and I bet his family and friends could not have been more proud of him because that goal was just spectacular to watch. Um, he's he's gonna play in the top six every night, and he deserves it the way he's playing right now. Like I said, I know his underlying numbers aren't too good, um, you know, playing with Jack Johnson. Though, speaking of Jack Johnson, his possession last night was 81 percent. 
I don't think I've ever seen it that high throughout his career. But John Marino, great game. Um, make it 4-3. And then, of course, the third period. That's where it all went to uh, crap. And we'll, we'll get to that uh, af after this. But, uh, yeah. And considering that I'm actually pretty hungry, uh, you guys should actually treat yourself to the meal you deserve for DoorDash and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, you guys can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. You just got to enter the promo code Locked On. There you go. Boom. $5 off your first order of $15 or more. So go ahead. Do that if you're hungry. Go get some pizza or whatever you want to order, whatever is on DoorDash. All right. So the third period last night, um, man, I, I was I was gonna do this podcast last night. I was so happy watching the game. I'm like, man, this is gonna be potentially the win of the the season so far. <clears throat> it was not to be. Uh, Tristan Jari gave up two really bad goals uh, in relief of Murray. The fourth one. Uh, shout out to um, Brad Marshall and um, what a play by him uh, to keep the puck in the zone off of Yanni Malkin. That was gonna be a breakaway for Malkin if he had stolen the puck. He tried to twice and Marshawn. Somehow kept it in, and I, th and I think um, Aston Reese tried to as well. He still kept it in. So um, as much as you, uh, we all probably dislike Brad Marchand for some of his antics on the ice, he's one of the best players in the league. Uh, he's so fun to watch when he's actually playing the game and not being an idiot and making a fool of himself. And he got to Tori Krug, and he beat uh, Jari. I mean, I know it was a laser, but I think you got to come up with that save. It was a bad angle goal. Ties the game. So at that point, you're hoping, okay, stay with it. Try to get a point. Also, maybe try to get a win. Um, the Penguins, they were they were still hemming them in their own zone. They were getting constant pressure on Halak, but the Bruins were starting to get a little more zone time. The Penguins were letting up a little bit. It looked like the Penguins had taken the lead off of Alex Galchenyuk's first goal this season, though. The net was dislodged right before the puck went in. It looked like, uh, uh, I think this that was when Charlie McAvoy got hurt, and he was bleeding bad on the ice. Um, hope you're okay, Charlie, because... Um, that did not look good. Um, he's one of the best young defensemen in the league. He's a lot of fun to watch. He's also probably the Bruins' um, best defenseman. But um, it looked like entering the final three minutes, I'm like, okay, right, just get to overtime, get a point, see what you can do three-on-three three, because when you have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel, you never know what's going to happen. But Tri Brad Marchand had other plans. He had a five-point game too. I mean, what a game from Brad Marchand. That top line of Marchand, Pasternak, Bergeron, I mean that is just that's not fair. That, that, that line is a, a it is sincerely a cheat code of a line to watch. They're so fun to watch. They're so good in the offensive zone. Uh, they're three of the best players in hockey. Um, it's no wonder why they're so good this season at eleven and one and two. Also because of course they're goaltending. Um, but that top line is just filthy and. Uh, that's that's one of the biggest reasons why they are a cup contender this year and why they're at the top of the Atlantic Division. And there's a really strong case that they're going to come out of the East again this year, especially with Tampa Bay struggling. But of course, there's a lot of other teams that you can make a case for. But um, for it looked like the, John Reno, he had a nice pinch, but he fired the puck wide, which sprung Marshawn. Um, if you're going to pinch like that, in my opinion, get the puck on that. Uh, I think that was a little bit of a mistake from Marino because he fired it so well, well wide. Like, just get it to the net because if he does that, the play doesn't happen to Marshawn. And also, he was defended pretty well. I mean, that's a shot that you got a glove, Jari. Like, that, that's unacceptable. Um, hits the post, bounces off Jari's back, and then goes in. Kind of a fluky goal. Just 
especially when it hits the post, it goes off the goaltender and in. I mean, that's as fluky as it can get, basically. But um, you still got to glove that. Um, and they score with 157 remaining, and then the Penguins uh, emptied their net, and then the Bruins got another empty net goal to make it 6-4. to four. Uh, I think that was, honestly, so far the game of the season, the way those two teams were going at it. That could be a preview of the Eastern Conference Final, um, especially with the way the Penguins are playing right now. I mean... The Penguins, they're not doing their typical October, November, December garbage that we're used to where, you know, they're winning, but they're not playing well. And then when, when they lose, they get blown out of the building. Or when they lose, they barely score. Like, no, like, they're actually outplaying teams. They're buying into Sullivan's system. And, I mean, this looks like a damn good team. I think a, a, a lot better of a team than I think a lot of fans thought they were going to be and a lot of media people thought they were going to be. Um, I know they're not getting the results right now. It looks like they've lost five of seven, um, but eventually it's going to even out. You lost the, the game against the Oilers because a goaltender stood on his head in Mike Smith. Then you lose the Bruins game because you, you actually score on Halak. You get four goals on him, but then your goaltenders don't make the saves. And But you're still outplaying them. You're still outchancing them, outpossessing them. Eventually, guys, it's going to even out and everything is going to be okay. I know. The loss last night was definitely a little bit hard to take. I was probably a little more mad than I should have been after that loss. I mean, I know it's November, but man, I wanted to win that game uh, because they were just running Boston out of the building almost that whole game. Um, and, and that sucks that the goaltenders just were just bad last night. And not to understate it, uh, Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel, I, I believe, I know, I hate using plus minus. I think it's a useless stat. They were on the ice, I think, for four of the Bruins' goals. They just did. I mean, and it wasn't just that. They just they weren't having like too good of a game. I'd say they weren't. I know they. Um, I think Crosby had a, a bunch of shots on net last night. Yeah, it was five shots on net. But um, you know, gotta you know he was. I I don't think he was playing at his at his best game. Neither was Jake Gensel. Not gonna worry really worry about that. It's one game. Um, I thought of Getty Malkin looked okay last night. Like I said, he had that really nice assist on Brian Ruskell. Um, Alex Galchenyuk hit the post on a shot on the power play. He's getting really, really close to getting that first goal. He just needs to stay healthy. And Justin Schultz, folks. Um, shout out to Jesse Marshall, who wrote a really good article about the schultz Pedersen pairing. That pairing has become even better for the Penguins. Schultz, it looks like, is getting close to being all the way back to where he once was. Um, he's starting to produce, which is really, really big for him. Um, and yeah, he's, he's not getting burned like he used to, which is really good, but... Um, the fact of the matter is, guys, you're not going to win a game when your starting goaltender has a 727 save percentage, and then when your backup goalie gives up two goals, 857 save percentage on two. Really, I'd say just two poor, um, just two poor goals you could allow. And same goes for Matt Murray. So basically, I mean, of the six goals that the Bruins scored, I will actually we'll just discount the net. Of four of the five goals that they actually scored, honestly, you can make a case they should not have went in. Uh, it was just an off night for the Penguins goaltender, despite the team playing their absolute ass off. Excuse my language or my French. Um, they, they really are have been playing their asses off. And, um, you know, that you just got to get on in the next one. And the Penguins will play the New York Islanders on Thursday night at Barclays. It will not be in the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. Uh, the fact that I've memorized that. Um, I think I memorized that back in 2013 when I was like 15 years old when they played each other in the playoffs. I think that's because my mom uh, told me about that. But anyways, uh, the fact that I remember that is kind of weird. But they will be in Barclays for that game. And uh, yeah, that was just a uh, just a little bit of a crushing loss. But you, they, they are they are definitely playing the best hockey that I think we've seen from them in a couple seasons. Uh, 
This is the gear, like I said, I know Jesse Marshall quote tweeted my tweet last night. I tweeted this out on my Twitter account. This is a gear I have not seen from the Penguins in a long time. And I did not see it at all in the playoffs last season. Even towards the end of last season, we didn't we never got a glimpse like this. They're just a lot deeper. They're a lot better. If they if they get good goaltending like they like they have been for the most part, and they keep playing like this, this is gonna be a really scary team the rest of the season and into the playoffs, because if they are still in the playoffs right, right now, they're likely gonna get in the playoffs, but um, yeah, this is this is a this is a really good team. All right, so you knew the the good luck for the Penguins could not last long with the injuries, and of course they are back. Uh, I already said Patrick Hornquist is out longer term with a lower body injury. Lower body injury, excuse me. I'm not really sure where he got hurt in the Oilers game. I'd have to go back and check. I don't remember him getting hurt. I just remember seeing that he's not on the ice to start one of the periods. I don't, yeah, like I said, I'm not really sure what happened, but definitely unfortunate that he's going to be out longer term. He's actually starting to put together a decent, a really good start to the season. I'm seeing a lot of tweets for some reason, oh, well, you know, the Penguins are better off without Hornquist in the lineup. All right, I'm going to stop you guys right there because that's just, no, okay? He's one of your 12 best forwards. He's a better option than Zach Aston Reese is, that's for damn sure. Um, because I just don't really think Zach Aston Reese is that good. I mean, I think he's fine as a 12th or 13th board, but Patrick Hornquist is definitely will be in this lineup when he comes back. He had a really good start to the season. You can play him anywhere right wing. You can play him anywhere on the right wings and on the line. Um, and yeah, that sucks because he just, he hasn't been able to stay healthy these past couple seasons. Um, you know, it was, it wasn't an injury, but glad that Brian Dumoulin uh, was able to play, um, last night. Shout out to, um, the Doomlin family, they had their first kid. Uh, it's great stuff. And then, of course, the big injury now, uh, Chris Letang. Um, it looks like um, his status, it looks like is up in the air for the Islanders game. Sullivan has not declared him out, so it looks like he's still with the road trip. Um, he did not play the final um, 13 minutes of last night's game. I think he played the first few minutes of the first five or six minutes of the third period, and then he exited the game. So he did not play for the final... Um, half about of the third period. So apparently Sullivan said after the game, it's a lower body injury. He's still being evaluated. And yeah, um, that's definitely not the player you all want to lose. The Penguins want to lose. Um, best defense. They're obviously easily their best defenseman. One of the best defensemen in hockey. He was having another really good start to the season. Um, he just can't get hurt. Hopefully it's not too serious. Hopefully it's only day to day. Hopefully these couple of off days will uh, get him back. Uh, Maybe it's kind of like a Brian Dumoulin injury because, of course, Dumoulin only missed, I think, two or three games with his injury. It was really minor, so he came back within a week, week and a half. Hopefully, uh, best worst-case scenario, it's not that. It is that. Hopefully, it's not long-term of a tank because there's no um, replacement option for him because he does so much for the Penguins. He eats up minutes. He can play 28 to 30 minutes a night. He plays on their top power play, um, plays on the top pairing. Like I said, with Brian Dumoulin, drives possession. Um uh, one of the best offensive defensive, like I said, one of the best defensive in hockey. And, you know, right, like I said, right as the as the Penguins are starting to get healthy, of course, injuries always happen. They were healthy for basically 40 minutes um, these last two games because Patrick Hornquist, I think, missed the third period against the Oilers. And then, of course, Tang last night misses the last half of the third period. So, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? It's the Penguins injury bug. Um, so they're 8-6-1 and six and one now. They're still... Um, in the first wild card spot in the Eastern Conference, uh, big game against the Islanders coming here. The Islanders have been red hot lately. They've won nine straight games uh, going into tonight. 
Um, and yeah, this is this is gonna be a big test for the Penguins. Uh, try maybe get a little revenge from getting swept, um, embarrassingly swept, I might add, by the Islanders this past spring. Um, they won't have Robin Leonard obviously since he's in Chicago, so maybe they'll fare a little bit better um, with someone else other than Robin Leonard in that. But I think we'll have a preview of that game coming tomorrow for the Locked On Penguins podcast. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, hopefully the Penguins will be able to get a couple more wins. I think this weekend they also play the Chicago Blackhawks. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they have like an 8-10 to 10 game losing streak against the, Black, against the Blackhawks. It's, it's been a while since the Penguins have beaten the Blackhawks. I know it's been at least a few years now. The past, like, that's the team that like the Penguins can just never beat during the season, no matter what they do. It's, it, even though the Blackhawks are so, so bad, they always have the Penguins number. But we'll talk about that matchup in the coming days. But um, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all soon.